This is a Pivotal Conversations podcast. Hello and welcome to the Girl Fit Method podcast. I'm your host, Natasha Wakefield, and I am here to help you take charge of your health, get empowered, and ultimately become the best version of yourself. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the podcast, guys. Today I am answering all of your questions. So I put a question box up on my Instagram. If you're not following me on Instagram, I am at girlfitmethod. And I got a whole load of questions in and they're fantastic questions. Um, So I'm keen to answer them all. Some were quite similar. And so I've sort of just um, combined a few because really the answers are going to be quite similar. Okay, let's get stuck into it. So first question, how to reverse diet? Okay, great question to ask. And I do get this one all the time. Now, really the idea behind reverse dieting is to ultimately increase your maintenance calories. So usually it's used in a situation where someone has been in a calorie deficit for a period of time. And so the their calorie maintenance has lowered, right? And that can be due from the loss of weight. So maybe they've been in a deficit and they've lost weight. And so their BMR has decreased. Or it's because their body has just adapted to now a lower intake of calories and it's running efficiently on lower calories. So what we want to do in a reverse diet is increase those maintenance calories. So if you do in the future want to go back into a cut and to drop some body fat, that you can drop body fat on a higher amount of calories because we have increased your baseline. So your maintenance level calories are going to be a lot higher than what they were when you first started wanting to lose weight. So How you do that? Well, look, it's really important that first and foremost, I believe this needs to be done with the guidance of a coach because if you are wanting to minimize any kind of fat gain within the process of reverse dieting, you really need to know a bit about nutrition and training um, so that you can get the best results possible. So the idea behind a reverse diet is to strategically and slowly increase calories, generally from carbohydrates, but they can come from fats as well. Now, it's also really important to have alongside of your nutrition plan, a structured training program that's really going to focus on you being able to build muscle and really use those additional calories to go towards muscle growth and supporting your recovery within that training as well. And so because everyone is coming from a different position, right? So their starting position is going to be completely different to another person's. There isn't kind of like one formula that everyone follows and that's successful. It's very much dependent on the individual, what your history has been like with training and with nutrition, where you're starting from, how long you've been dieting for, you know, what your weight is, um, what your body composition is. All of those things have to be taken into account when doing a reverse diet to ensure that it's successful. And that is why really it needs to be done with the guidance of a coach. Question number two, advice on getting your period back. Okay, so this is going to be very dependent on the reason that you actually lost your period in the first place. So let's start um, talking about how exercise can affect that. Now, if you are doing a lot of high-intensity training, so HIIT training, circuit workouts, and a lot of cardio, then that can absolutely cause um, disruptions to your cycle or completely stop your cycle altogether. That as well paired with low calorie intake. So you're not eating enough food. Um, that's also a reason as to why. And and sometimes it can be that 
you are actually eating a good amount of food. However, it's the exercise that we need to really try to minimize and and decrease in order to get your cycle back. And then the opposite is true. So you could just be um, walking or doing yoga or not doing much movement at all, but you're not consuming enough food and that can cause your periods to go as well. So um, both of those options or combined um, can be a reason why. Now, there's also other factors involved. Obviously, you've gone to the your doctor and you've been cleared for anything else um, and they've diagnosed you with hypothalamic amenorrhea um, because there are other reasons why your cycle can stop that I guess are more serious. However, if it's due to lifestyle factors, things like stress play a massive role as well. So psychological stress, if you've got a lot going on in your life, then absolutely your cycles can stop um, while you're in a state of a lot of stress. The other reason as well that I have seen is low fat intake. So a lot of girls, when they are wanting to decrease their calories, will generally tend to take calories from fats because you don't seem to feel it as much. So for example, you could cut out um, a tablespoon of olive oil that you use to cook your dinner with. However, that's equivalent to swapping out a whole piece of toast. You're going to notice the toast missing more than you are the olive oil. So it's just an easy way to reduce calories is to decrease your fats. However, if you decrease your fats too low, that absolutely affects your hormone health. Um, And so sometimes just focusing on upping your fats can be really helpful. The other side of that is also carbohydrates. I've seen girls that have gone into keto or have gone really low carb and their cycle has disappeared. So making sure that you're eating adequate amounts of all the macronutrients and obviously protein as well. They're all very important for hormone health. Next question, how to manage eating more after being on a calorie deficit for so long? That's a really good question because it's very difficult and a lot of people really struggle once they are out of that restriction mindset sometimes they can fall into a binging mindset Um, and that's because they have forbidden certain foods from their diet for such a long period of time they don't know how to control themselves around that food so it can really go both ways you can find it either very difficult to increase your calories and you find that you want to go back to continuing to restrict because you feel comfortable there and that's familiar and you feel like you can control your weight better at lower calories Or it can absolutely go the opposite end where you go, okay, I'm going to increase my calories, but then you can't control yourself and you end up really overeating and feel super out of control around food. What I want you to know is both of these scenarios are really, really common. So first of all, take the pressure off yourself um, and show yourself some kindness. It can be really hard when you have consistently not allowed yourself to eat foods that you've wanted to or really honored your hunger So getting out of that can make you feel like you're a bit out of control of everything. And a little um, strategy I use with my girls is if there has been foods that have been forbidden off limits and you feel out of control around that particular food or it's a real fear food of yours would be just to incorporate that food into your daily diet in a small amount until it becomes no real issue. So it loses the fear that you have around it or you don't feel out of control around that food so just incorporating things into small amounts not feeling like you need to go ham and have to incorporate all of these foods that do make you feel uncomfortable just do it slowly um, take your time and knock one out write a list of all the foods that make you feel 
scared or make you feel out of control and just work your way down the list um, and knock those off, incorporate them into, into your day in small quantities and um, go from there. Okay, next question. So what is the best workout split or routine? Well, that's going to be dependent once again on you. So the best workout routine split is one that you can do consistently. So if you feel like you can commit to the gym three days a week, then I would say three full body days is going to work best. Um, Four days, I would do probably an upper lower split. So two upper, two lower workouts. Five days, I would look at doing um, two upper, two lower, or maybe a third lower. So three lower, two upper. Um, And I really don't think people need to be doing six days per week. Um, We could do a push-pull split. Um, However, for most people, what you want to focus on doing is really hitting each muscle group twice. So research shows that that is optimal for muscle growth um, and for an effective workout routine is to make sure you're hitting each muscle group twice per week. So if you're only able to go two to three times per week, then definitely you really want to focus on full body workouts, making sure that you keep a day of rest in between each workout Um, and if you're doing like a four day split an upper lower split then maybe you could do like upper lower a day of rest upper lower Um, so you can really perform really well with those workouts but it really comes down to what you can um, commit to and all of those options are going to give you phenomenal results as long as you are consistent so whatever you can commit to that is going to be the best option for you because it means that you're going to be consistent and you're going to get the best results Next question is about carbohydrates and what happens if you don't eat enough of them. So as I've spoken to you all about before, carbohydrates is the only macronutrient that is not essential to our survival. So we can get away with not consuming it and not drop dead. Unlike protein and fats, we need that in our system. We need to be consuming that. Otherwise, we literally can't survive. That doesn't mean that carbohydrates play a very important role in our overall health. And I guess it's everyone is very different in how they react to very low carb diets. And it seems like, and research does show, that men seem to do a lot better on a keto diet than women do. And that is because carbohydrates play a really important role in the production of our hormone health. So the first thing that can happen is it can cause hormonal issues if you decrease your carbohydrates too low. The other thing to keep in mind is carbohydrates play a very important role in muscle growth. They also play a really important role in the recovery of your training sessions, as well as the amount of energy you can expend during training. So when I train, for example, at the end of the day and I've got lots of carbs in my system, I have so much more energy um, to put into my workouts, which in turn will then mean that I may be able to lift more. I can lift with correct form. I've got more time under tension, which will then equate to greater gains for muscle growth, but also greater energy and expenditure. So carbohydrates are really important for a whole different range of reasons for our health but also for our performance in the gym and if we're really wanting to improve our physique um, in building muscle next question is there an optimal time to eat okay so this is a yes and no answer because it is all very individual to the client and their current lifestyle so for example if you are really active during the day then Absolutely, you should be front-loading majority of the food that you consume, 
in the beginning of the day or throughout the day, right? So you've got more energy um, to think, you've got more energy to perform if you're going to do a workout um, and just do your daily duties. Now, if you have the flexibility of choosing when you're wanting to do your own training or you work from home, you can really set things up however you want to. Some people like to eat a big breakfast. Some people don't like to eat a big breakfast and they will skip breakfast and have lunch. It just comes down to what's best for you. However, I guess the only thing I would um, make note of is a lot of people tend to save a lot of their calories for the end of the day. And it's almost like a comfort eating thing. So they restrict, restrict during the day. And then by the evening, they're starving and they've kind of saved all their calories for the evening, but then can overeat and binge. Um, And a lot of binging happens in the evening. So that can really be prevented if you are fueling your body adequately during the day. The other thing to keep in mind is just around training. So making sure you're fueling your body correctly around your training. Um, so before you train, making sure that you have you know a bit of carbohydrates, some protein, and then after the same deal. So you want to prioritize some protein and carbohydrates. And what that's going to do is really, once again, help with your performance, but then also help with your recovery. Next question, what is the ideal body fat percentage for women? Okay, so, okay, I would say for the majority of women, anywhere between 18 to 30% is going to be a healthy body fat percentage. Now, the important thing to remember here is that everybody is different, right? Genetics play a huge role in this. Some people are just going to carry more body fat than others, and that doesn't mean that they are not as healthy. Their body just thrives on more body fat. Um, The same goes for other people that carry less body fat, um, and they're perfectly healthy and fine. And maybe that person that genetically does just carry more body fat, if they were to get down to a lower body fat percentage, for example, 20%, that might be too low for them. So what's really important is to make sure that you are always checking in with your doctor. So all of your bloods come back really healthy. If you are healthy, that's fantastic. But even if you do drop um, your body fat percentage within that range and you start to see negative health implications, that just means that maybe for you in your situation and for your genetics, you need to be sitting at a higher body fat percentage. Next question, where do I even get started on my own? Everything feels so overwhelming. Okay, I completely can empathize with that. It does seem very overwhelming. There's so many conflicting opinions, so much different information on where to start, what to do, how to eat, how to train. Look, my answer to you is to actually invest in a coach, invest in your health, um, because once you gain that knowledge, you are then empowered to have that for the rest of your life. You can make your own decisions and choices around food and training, and you know how to, number one, get results, but then also how to maintain those results. If you try and work it out on your own, you are going to get completely confused um, and it's going to take you a really long time to get to your goals. So Invest in yourself, invest in a good coach um, and learn how to eat and how to train for your goals. Next question, does your metabolism really speed up when you strength train and how do you know if you are plateauing? Okay, answering the first question, does your metabolism really speed up when you strength train? Look, the the, uh, result of strength training and building muscle, yes, absolutely does increase your BMR, your basal metabolic rate. So what you need to understand is the more muscle mass you carry on your body, the more calories your body is going to need to burn to keep you alive. So muscle tissue is very expensive tissue for the body to carry around, right? So what that means is that in order for you to stay alive, for your organs to work, for your heart to beat, 
the more muscle mass you have on your body requires more energy from your body to expend. So as you build muscle, that is going to increase your basal metabolic rate, which is, you know, plays a really important role in your metabolism is basically your metabolism. As that increases, you're going to need to consume more calories in order just to maintain your body weight. So yes, it absolutely does. If done correctly, and if you are focusing on um, building muscle. Um, And how do you know if you're plateauing? I would say you're you're not seeing any changes um, in either weight, uh, body measurements, progress pictures, or your performance in the gym is decreasing, you're not as strong, or you're not getting any stronger. They are all pretty good signs that you are plateauing. Okay, and last question. Asking for a friend. Sure you are. Your thoughts on keto diet. Okay, so the keto diet does have research behind it to show that it is very beneficial for certain medical conditions. Um, so in some instances, it can be a real game changer for some people. There are also people that tend to perform really well on keto, um, in particular men. Men seem to perform quite well on it. Um, If you are an endurance athlete, it can be quite helpful as well. However, my only issue with keto, if people are using that for fat loss, is that it's no better than any other diet. And if you're telling yourself you can't eat carbohydrates um, and you're restricting to the point that you're completely cutting them out, um, then there's a pretty good chance that that's not going to be sustainable for you and you're going to end up binging at some point and gaining you know, weight back potentially um, and setting yourself up for that horrible yo-yo dieting cycle. So look, it can be good in some instances. Um, for some individuals, it works really well. However, if you're using it as a form of fat loss, it is not superior to any other diet that puts you in a calorie deficit. I look, I don't know why you would want to give up carbohydrates, to be completely honest. They are what make my heart so, so happy. So, so happy. I mean, what is the point of living without carbs? That's just my opinion, guys. All right, we are done. I did get a lot more questions and I'm not going to answer them all now because I do need to go. However, I'm going to do a round two. So, and I might put another question box up on my Instagram and get some more questions. Um, I think this is a really good way for me to be able to answer them. Um, And I know that a lot of these questions, even if you didn't ask them, you'd probably want to know the answers anyway. So it's a good way for me to be able to clear up some queries that you guys have and to really give you some more value. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, why don't you share it with a friend, guys? Screenshot this, share it to your stories. Hit that follow button or the little love heart button on Spotify. Um, And I believe Apple Podcasts are doing that too. Are they doing follow? Do you know what? I've deleted Apple Podcasts because it is, I shouldn't shouldn't bag it, but it's driving me mad. It never updates my podcast. So I use Spotify. Um, Anyway, I'm rambling. But whatever podcast platform you use, um, follow me rate and review. That would be fantastic. And uh, always provide me with feedback. What do you want me to talk about? Any particular topics or guests you want me to have on, please let me know. Slide into my DMs. I would love to hear. Have an incredible day. Big love. Coach Tash.